The weather is finally getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year, like premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost like the middleman that passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. I am so excited. I have two gorgeous, lightweight cashmere sweaters coming my way. One camel, one heather gray. I cannot wait to wear them in the warmer months when it's chilly in LA. Throwing them over my shoulders. Going to look so cute. Can't wait. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash judging Megan for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash judging Megan to get free shipping and 365 day returns quince.com slash judging Megan and now back to the podcast saving money when you start your next project today at Menards check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock ready to take home today we carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards you can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com save big money at I need to tell you about this amazing product that I found called Dose. When I advertise things on my podcast, it's usually because I really do believe in them. And I actually am a subscriber to Dose. And what it is, is it's a teeny tiny little formulated wellness shot. And it has turmeric, aloe vera, elderberry, milk, thistle. It tastes delicious. I take one every single day. And what it does is it supports your liver. So we all know that I talk a lot about my buttery Chardonnay intake, which I really need to cut back over the holidays. But we all know that's a hard thing to do. When I found this product, I was taking all, I was always taking like milk thistle. I was taking all kinds of different things. And then somebody had told me about this and I am obsessed. I promise you, I promise you they taste good because that's number one. But if you are interested in finding out more about Dose, you can go to my website, judgingmegan.com. And for your first order, you get a discount of 15%. So your discount code is judgingmegan15. If you decide to become a subscriber like I am, you get a total of 30% off of your subscription by using the code judgingmegan15 because they already discount your first order of 15%. So... Go on their website, dose.com. You can check them out. And then you can go to my website and do more research on it 
at judgingmegan.com. Hello, everyone. You are listening to Judging Megan with your host, Megan Judge. Happy New Year. You know what I got for my Happy New Year? I got COVID. And if you can't hear it in my voice, I got really, really, really sick. I mean, I, yes, people could, people have uh, almost a million people have died. What we're up to almost 900,000 people have died of COVID since it started. Um, I'm lucky I was not sick like that. I'm vaccinated, I'm boosted, but I was pretty sick and I haven't been that sick in I can't even remember. My whole family got it. We traveled back to Washington, D.C. to go see my sister and my family. And, you know, I was thinking we're safe. We have masks on. We we were careful the whole time, I thought. Everybody was vaccinated. And then as we were flying back on New Year's Eve, because our flight had already been canceled the day before, um, my husband started to feel really sick on the plane. So we got home. The next morning on New Year's Day, we woke up to a text message from my sister telling me that her husband had tested positive for COVID. So then the fun began. We were then trapped in our house um, for, well, I'm still trapped in my house. I went out for the very first time today. So today is Monday. You'll be hearing this episode on Tuesday if it actually goes through, because I'm going to tell you a part two to this story. Um, and I just was have been sick. I finished every single show on Netflix, I think. I, I watched Emily in Paris, which, by the way, if you haven't seen it, so good, obsessed. Um, watched both seasons. I watched every, I watched Real Housewives of Miami. I've watched, I've watched everything. Like, let's just put it that way. And my family and I just, we stayed the course as they say. And first my husband got it. Then I got it. Then my daughter, then my daughter, Sophie got it. Then Ella got it. And now I went out for the first time today and was in the grocery store and somebody said hi to me and I like didn't even know how to respond. So because I just haven't seen people, it was very strange. Um, but on the second part of this is I have never not had a guest and recorded an episode today. So today could be the shittiest episode I've ever done in the history of my Judging Megan episodes um, I've done, I think this is my 55th episode and I've always had a guest, but I decided that I could be taking a major chance on this and I could lose listeners from doing this, but I really want to have content for you all every week. And so I'm going to kind of circle back and do an episode today and kind of talk about where I am today, why I started the podcast if you're a new listener and kind of like my my history with mental health and why I started this even to begin with. So you are listening to Judging Megan with your host, Megan Judge, and thank you for listening. I'm going to start off by kind of like telling you my history, why I started this podcast over a year ago. Um, I was in a really, really bad place. And I had had this horrible friend breakup and this person hurt me very badly. I've talked about it before. 
thankfully, I'm so grateful to report I'm in a completely different place in my life. I'm I'm doing great. I'm happy. I'm um I've been in therapy for like I don't even know how many years now. I um I consciously work on my behavior to the best of my ability and like holding myself accountable for things. But I I no longer can even imagine where I was two and a half years ago when I would put my head on my pillow at night and cry because I remember thinking, I just, I do not want to go I on. I do not want to go I on. I do not want to go on. I do not want to go on. And I couldn't get it out of my head. I couldn't, um, I couldn't stop thinking about it. And it was a very dark and scary place to be. And if any of you are listening and have been in this place, I, my heart goes out to you because I couldn't stop. Like it was like, it was like this kind of like obsession that I had where I was just so sad and I didn't see any way out. And to be in that place is not only very, very scary, but it's also just like, dark and sad. And, you know, I've always thought of myself as a pretty happy person and funny. And, you know, a lot of it was just bubbling up like trauma from my childhood that I had pushed down for so long. And the other night I actually was going to sleep in my COVID, um, like all my headaches and fatigue, because I was going to bed at like seven o'clock at night. And I remember going to sleep and thinking, I always pray at night. And I was like, you know, I get emotional too. Everyone that listens to this knows this. But I remember thinking, God, thank you. Like, thank you for my life. Thank you. And and then I started thinking about those feelings. And just to think about the thought that I can't even imagine thinking those feelings right now just makes me so incredibly grateful. So I'm going to start out by telling you that about myself, which I think, you know, I, you know, not everybody shares with each other on a podcast or in life like, oh, I wanted to end my life. I didn't want to be here, but I did. And I, I always want to be transparent with my audience, but I also want you to know if you are in that place, go talk to someone. There's people, there's my, my therapist helped save me. Um, it, I did a lot of work on myself. I continue to do work on myself. I'm a complete freaking hot mess, like 90% of the time. But I now know that like I live my life and it, and my life has a purpose. And I'm and I can honestly tell you that I'm happy. So that's that's my first thing I'll tell you. Um to circle back on on like my childhood and some of the stuff, if you've never listened to my first few episodes with Dr. Nay or about like what happened to me, um, I'm just going to tell you. And I've also done a lot of other podcasts, but I think it's important, you know, sometimes I've talked about why I started it, um, but I want to kind of tell you my history. So when I was about um, two years old, my mom, um, my mom had another baby. Sorry, I was I was thirteen months old. So my mom had my sister Mora when I was thirteen months old, and at that point, I had two older sisters. 
And we lived in a nice house in a nice area in the suburbs of Maryland called Potomac. And my dad was an orthodontist and my mom was a homemaker. And, you know, we were obviously like very lucky and had what from the outside was a very happy family. And my sister was born with a rare liver disease. And um, the chances of her living past two were very, very like slim. And my mom had brought her to the hospital to, um, and my dad to have surgery. And she got out and came home the night before. When my mom went up to my sister's room to get her out of the crib, my sister had um, had passed. She was blue. And my mom came down and she was in complete shock and ran out onto our front lawn screaming. And I was left in my high chair for a very long time. And the paramedics came and, um, and they, I, I, I don't remember any of it, but that was kind of the beginnings of what was the start of like real trauma in my life and abandonment and all the things that go with it, but which I always push down by the way. So, you know, I, I don't really have, um, exact memories because I was so little of losing Mora, but I I began to go backwards and I had to be re-potty trained. And I um I was always a happy baby and then I became extremely fussy. So I was really hard kid to kind of deal with. And um growing up, you know, I was like, I came out at three. I joke all the time that I wanted to be an actress and a singer and I had a stage name and it was Joanna. And, um, my mom and dad started to notice that I had emotional issues. Like I would cry, I would throw tantrums all the time. And then I was starting to have these reoccurring dreams about my, about my sister that I would take like pick her up out of her crib and walk down a hallway and this is sad and sorry for the story but I would flush her down the toilet so it was like my way of like I think I felt tremendous guilt about what had happened to my sister obviously and didn't understand in my tiny brain so you know I went on to kind of have these issues. I I remember being really young and my parents would take a vacation together every year. They would go to places like, you know, Jamaica. They'd always go on this like seven to 10 day vacation. And I would go sit in my closet and I would rock back and forth. I had this huge closet, which by the way, I wish I had now. And it had this giant dollhouse in it. And I would go into my closet and I would grab like grab my knees and kind of like shake and 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 talk to God. And I would say, please, like, don't take my parents away. Sorry. Um, and I think about that now. I actually was thinking about it pretty recently. And I think how sad that is. Like I didn't. I don't real I didn't realize like how sad it was until recently like through all the therapy and stuff that I've gone through that I realized that I always was afraid that like something would happen again or somebody would be taken away again. So 
I had, you know, I would sit in that closet and I would just like pray and pray and it would happen every time they went away. And my, we were always left with my babysitter, Mrs. Logston, who was a horrible cook and I think hated me because I was a total slob. <laughs> and, um, and, and that was what, that's the way things were, you know, and then cut to, you know, my dad which I've also talked about on this podcast, and if you haven't heard it, so I'm telling it again. Uh, When I was 12 years old, um, we had gone away to Laguna to, to see my uncle Peter, and we came back, and my dad over the trip was acting very, um, like, not himself. My dad was a very, like, healthy, uh, fit, person that like worked out all the time. He played college basketball. He was always funny. He just, my dad was amazing. And he, um, he just wasn't himself over that trip. And we came back from our trip and I guess my, this is hearsay because I don't really remember to be honest with you, but from what I understand, my dad was in his office and he passed out. And I guess he knew that there was something wrong with him, but like many people in the medical industry, like doctors, they, they are like the worst patients, right? They don't, they're kind of in denial if they know that secretly that something's wrong with them, but they would never go to the doctor. So he passed out and, um, went to Georgetown university hospital and, um, my mom, you know, went w- with him and my older sister came home and she's like, we have to go to Georgetown to go see dad. And it's one of those things, like if you have memories, you just don't ever forget like these moments in life. And we walked into the hospital my brother was pro- like nine at the time if I was 12. And the doctor said, cancer. Like that's all I heard. You know, I remember I can, I can picture it perfectly seeing my dad. And when you're a little kid and you hear the word cancer, you just know it's really, really bad. And, um, so yeah, so he, he fought like nobody else fought like he went through three rounds of chemotherapy and um he passed away um in July July 9th and um and it was awful and i can tell you that i it's like almost like i knew my whole life that like something would happen to like one of my parents i just knew it and, um, and the, and that was the end of my, of my, you know, my dad being on the earth. And it was another time in my life where I just like pushed it down and was like, okay, I'm going to go on. I'm going to like, you know, I'm going to be Megan. I'm going to be funny. I, from my very young age, I love to make people laugh. My dad was like that too. And um, something you should know about my dad is he was the most incredible person. He was funny, like funny, funny, funny. And he 
anytime he went places, everybody knew him. Like they were like, oh, Dr. Judge, like, are you Dr. Are you Johnny Judge's little girl? Are you Dr. J-? Like my dad was like one of those people that just like everybody loved. He was kind to everybody. I, uh, in all of my life, you know, I'm in my forties. I have never had like one person say something bad about my dad. And, you know, that's very hard because you, as human beings, you want to be a good person. And I know in my own life, I was not always kind. I was not always a good person. And my dad was. And so I think in the past few years, when I went through all of this stuff, I that's part of why I think I'm happy now, because I decided to change my life and be kind and be good and work every day to be nice to other people and not be mean and not do, you know, talk behind people's backs and do mean things. So I know this is such a long-winded story and I really, you know, it's weird kind of doing a podcast by myself (laughs) because usually I can interview people really easily, but it's like, I'm kind of just spilling my guts to you all. But, um, to go on, So after my dad passed away, my, I met my best friend the very next day, which I've talked about too. And she was the most amazing person as well. Like she was funny and beautiful, like inside and out, just a great person. And her name was Julie. And I talk about her a lot. And The story is, is that um, this big, like, black Lincoln town car comes, like, tumbling down my my country club. Like, we had a little circle that you went around. And my mom had dropped my brother and I off at the club when we, you know, the next day after my dad's funeral. And, And this car comes, you know, up around the driveway and the window goes down and it was Mr. Ellis, who's like my second dad. And he goes, are you Johnny Judge's little girl? And I said, yeah. And, and I remember just being like, and you know, I was 12 or I had just turned 13. Like it was just like a weird thing to, I mean, you don't understand how to deal with grief at that age. I'll say that. And the window goes down and he goes, this is Julie. And from that second on, she like came into my life. She was like this person that just like, like lifted me up, like in my darkest hours of my life. She, she was my like hope and she was my rock. And in a lot of ways, she became like a parent for me because I was so, I struggled so much in my teens and 20s and, you know, adulthood even. And so that was the moment I met my Julie and we had just the best years together. And um, her family took me in because my mom um, ended up getting remarried when I was 16 to a complete monster and he was one of the most incredibly horrible people you will ever meet in your life. 
And um, he hated me. He hated my brother. We were both still living at home. He was mentally abusive. Um, and he had been physically abusive to my brother. And um, so I needed an escape. And so I would like go over to the Ellis's house. Like I basically lived there. I wore Julie, all of Julie's clothes. Um, I had fights with her sisters. Like they were my own sisters. My, my two older sisters at that point were um, grown. So one of them was like on her own. And then my other sister was away at college. So it was really just my brother and I. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. This time of year is the worst. I feel like I can't do anything and I can't enjoy my dinner because I can't taste my food and I can't work out because I feel tired and distracted. I can't even feel like I can host this show because my voice sounds like a duck. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. I feel like I've been using Claritin D for probably a few months now, and I have really noticed a difference. I can work out. I'm not feeling like my eyes are watering and my nose is all stuffed up. I can speak without feeling like a frog has jumped into my throat. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Um, and then, you know, we were, I was sent away to boarding school when I was a, a, in high school because I struggled um, and I had been diagnosed with something called ADHD, which I think a lot of people have, especially creative people. It's very, very common. So I always thought I was stupid and, you know, I was never book smart and I could never study like everyone else. I just kind of like got by on, you know, by the skin of my teeth and I used my humor a lot. And, um, but I went to this boarding school, um, and it, it was actually, you know, I made some great friends there, but it was very hard because 
I had to be pulled away from like all my friends, like that from growing up that were my like best friends, like Kara was my other best friend and Julie and Carter and all my friends that I had made in high school and Jean, Bridget, all of my friends that I love and still love Lindsay. And um, it was difficult. And I, a lot of times, like I've, I talk, I've talked about this on the podcast. I would escape through like, like acting or like singing, you know, where I would like be like, well, someday, you know, I won't have to like live my life like this anymore because I'm going to move to Hollywood and I'm going to be famous and nobody can hurt me then anymore because I'll be famous and it won't matter anymore. So it was like kind of like always this like wanting to escape, not comfortable in my own skin. Um, and yeah, so I went through like all my high school years and I had Julie by my side and, you know, she would drive up to come see. I was always in plays because I did theater like from a very young age and she would come see me in all my plays and um, and bring her boyfriend at the time, Cole. And, you know, she was just always so supportive. And so was her family. And, um, and then one day, you know, years later, she went, we went through college. I went to college. I talk about Lynchburg college and I was a theater major and Julie would still come see all my plays in college. And, um, and we were we were always so close like she was like more than a best friend she was and i and i sound like a weirdo because i've talked about this before but i believe that people come into your life and we have soulmates and that sounds weird if it because maybe people just think of soulmates as like you know like boyfriends or husbands or whatever it is or wives but to me i feel like you have all kinds of different soulmates that come into your life. And one of them is my husband. I believe we're soulmates, but another one was Julie. And, um, and, you know, I think that I I've known her and if you believe in past lives, which I'm starting to a little bit, I believe I've known her and we were like meant to be together in this life. And she was like meant to come into my life and pick me up in my darkest times. Um, I'm sorry I'm so emotional today, by the way. I think it's a combination of like COVID, telling this story and just not being 100% healthy because I'm still not, I mean, I'm, I don't really have symptoms except I'm still congested. Um. So, you know, we, I had ended up moving to Hollywood, like cut to like after college. And, um, you know, I was like, someday I'm going to make it and be famous. And then I finally drove my, myself out to, to Hollywood, California. And, you know, I've, I mean, I could tell you a million stories about what a hot mess I was in my twenties. I worked, you know, in all the clubs and I knew all the, um, all the, I knew tons of movie stars and, um, but it wasn't like, it's not what I thought it would be. I was super paranoid when I would go out on auditions, I would like clam up and I got really anxious and I had been a singer my entire life. Like I, I came out singing and I love to sing. 
And I I went on on these auditions and I would just like get too I would get too nervous and I would mess up and I didn't have like I didn't have like belief in myself anymore. It was the very strange thing because I had always had this major confidence when I was on stage because when I was in a character, I was someone else, you know, but um if I was and if I was singing like as a different character, I wasn't afraid. But if it was just me getting up singing once I had moved to Hollywood, I just I I changed. I became very insecure um about like what I could do and who I was. And it was just a it was a hard time in my twenties when I had first moved out here in my early twenties. And, you know, Julie and I had kept in touch and we talked every day and, um, and she was like, oh God, Megan, like, what are you up to? I was always up to something bad. I wasn't like, you know, I was always up at the nightclubs and doing things I shouldn't be doing. I won't really go into that, but I was not, I was not focusing on what I came out to do. Let's put it that way. And, um, she had married her college sweetheart, Chris, and um, we saw each other, you know, she and Chris had flown out here. And I remember like one of the last times I saw her, um, I sometimes I wish I could take it back. Like, you know, if you know you're going to see somebody one last time in life, like there's so much I would have like said or acted differently. I was... I I regret that last time of seeing her because it wasn't, you know, it was very like, oh, let's go. Let me show you Hollywood. Like I was just a different person back then, put it that way. And I was kind of in like a hot mess place in my life. And, you know, I was struggling financially and I had met my husband, then boyfriend, Ron. And, you know, but I was really caught up in like the wrong things. I was caught up in the scene. I was caught up in just all superficial, stupid things. And I remember Julie coming out here to visit and she was just like, Megan, like, what's wrong with you? You know? And so I do regret that last visit seeing her. Um, but she, she was pregnant and, um, and, you know, I was so happy when I found out she was pregnant. It was such a happy time for her and Chris and she were very happy. And she like cut ahead. She called me, you know, we had talked a few days before she was giving birth and we always laughed. When I tell you in life that there's nothing like finding a friend that makes you laugh so hard that you want to cry that was Julie. I mean, she and I laughed so hard and she was telling me this story about <laughs> how much weight she had gained and just like it, we were laughing so hard. And like the ne- then a few days later, I got a f- phone call from her and she's like, Megan, I'm going to the hospital. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in labor. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so proud of you. Like, I I love you so much. I'm so proud of you. And so she ended up, you know, having her epidural. And unfortunately, they did not connect the tubes correctly. And she got um, 
the strap virus or monovirus got into her spinal column and the cord was not connected um, for the epidural. So she basically gave natural birth to Logan, her son. And um, that virus got into her spinal cord and her, she, that night after she gave birth, she started to have seizures and knew that something was off. And Julie, like me, have suffered panic attacks her whole life, like I have. And she was always afraid of something happening. Um, She was just like a very fearful person and very anxious and worried, you know, that something would happen. And so I guess in some ways she knew. And um, so she started having seizures and then she went brain dead and they had to pull her off life support a few days later. So I ended up flying back East because my other best friend, Kara called me to tell me that she, you know, wasn't going to make it, uh, which was the worst, the worst conversation and the worst memory. One of my worst memories of my life. So I got on an airplane and I flew cross country and I got to that to the to the hospital and I remember going into the room and my memories in life are you have to remember something good about that person and I'll tell you that because when my dad passed away when I was a kid I remember looking into the casket and all I could see was a person that wasn't my dad. And I remember thinking that I knew Julie was going and she was going straight to heaven. And I have to remember something good. So I looked at her toes and I laughed, not laughed, but in my head I smiled because I remembered the story we had been talking about a few days later, how she had gotten this pedicure. And I remembered the color. And I was like, I'm never going to forget this color. I'm never going to like live my life and forget this color of nail polish. And so every once in a while, I get that color because it reminds me of her. Um, but that was it. That was That was how I said goodbye to my best friend. And sorry, everyone. Um, but if you look on the cover of my podcast or you wonder if you follow me on social media, and I will give it a plug. So please follow me at Judging Megan on Instagram. Um I I always have butterflies because I believe that butterflies are a sign that she's with me. And Sometimes, like a few years ago, two and a half years ago, I would see butterflies all the time because I love to walk. I go on really long walks at least five days a week. And I, I during this time, would have butterflies right near me all the time. It was like a sign that she was with me because I needed her at that time in my life more than ever. So. The point of my teary, like I long-winded story is just to tell you about all the loss and the amount of loss that 
I think a lot of people have in their lives. I'm sure there's a lot of people listening that have gone through way more loss than I have. But it's how you deal with the loss and you process the loss that you're able to like move on as a human. And for me personally, I was never able to really process my losses. I didn't understand how to process my sister. I didn't really understand how to process my dad. And I most definitely did not know how to process my best friend's passing. Um, and so I kind of like shoved it all down and I, and I was like, oh, I'm just going to go on. And that's what I did. And then, you know, by that point, like a few years later, my husband and I, who have now been together over 20 years, we, I talk about it a lot. We finally, thank God, um, got married and we had my first daughter, Sophie, after some that, like some hard times, like trying to have a baby. We went through a lot. But I was in this place where I was like, oh, like now, like nothing bad's going to happen again, even though I was always super paranoid, like always paranoid something was going to happen again, just because it had so many times. And we moved to a beach community outside of Los Angeles and I had, was, had a successful sales career and, you know, I married to somebody that I love very, very much, even though he freaking drives me bananas like half the time, but believe it or not, we are pretty happy. And I just found myself in this new place in my life. And I was like, I'm going to kind of like push my past down and forget about it. And I'm just going to like live my life and have fun and not really think about like the past. I'm not going to go to therapy. I'm not going to like get help. I'm just going to like, it's all over. I'm just going to push it down. And I, I was very good at doing that. And so I went on to, you know, have my first daughter and who's the greatest. And then I went on after some fertility issues. I finally got pregnant with um, Ella, my second, who's almost eight. And I thought this, my life was like, great. We lived in this fun beach community and I had lots of friends and, um, and people thought it was funny and fun to be with. And, um, and by the way, I think I am pretty funny. So I will put that out there. Even if people don't agree, that's one of my favorite things about myself. Humor has always gotten me through like the darkest, darkest times of my life. And so I'm sorry to toot my own horn, but I had to say that. And so, um, you know, there were some like really fun years and, but I always felt this like insecurity. Like I always felt like, well, do they like, do they really like me? Do people really like me? Like I was never secure in like who I was. And I also wasn't like the greatest person. Let's put it that way. Like I tried, I always was nice, have always been nice to people, but if people are not nice to me, I tend to like shut down and immediately like just close down and not want to talk to them ever again. Like if you were walking down the street and I said hi to you and you didn't say hi back, like you're 
you're done to me. That's just how I've been. It's like a protective mechanism. And so I had met this person, this friend, and I'm not going to go into the whole story because it's just, it's so far behind me now. But what I will say is I was very tremendously hurt. I had made this group of friends. They hurt me very badly. Um, and it's a blessing now because my life is so different. I have thankfully so many real good friends that, you know, love me for all of the things that maybe not everybody loved about me. I, I know I'm a lot. Um, and I'm in a good place, but it's taken a lot of work for me to be here. And so I guess this is going to be a short episode and I'm sorry for spilling my guts and like ugly crying. You can't see me. I tried really hard not to ugly cry during this little speech of mine, but I think I just want my listeners, if you're listening to this today, to know that we all go through shit. Life is not freaking easy. Um, it's hard. There's hard, hard days and there's hard things that you're going to go through. And I'm going to continue to go through things in my life. Um, you know, we we're human and we're not here forever. But recently, I've just decided that I don't care anymore. I don't want I don't need to be perfect. I don't need to. Yes, I love fashion and I love clothes and I love looking a certain way and I try to take care of myself but I don't need to appear a certain way to other people to matter. And what matters to me, like moving forward in my life is being kind and being good and trying my best every day to just do the right thing. And it's hard. Believe me, I still have my days where I'm like, oh my God, I can't stand that person. And, you know, I, I struggle because I was very hurt, but I'm really freaking proud of myself. And I'll say that to, to you, my listeners, because I've worked really freaking hard and I deserve to be proud of myself. And I am a good person and I genuinely love doing this. And I genuinely hope that you enjoy listening to every week of doing this podcast. I'm so grateful for all the guests that I've had on this podcast thus far. And um, we're all a work in progress. So just know that and and know that if you're listening to this like keep going keep going because i didn't want to go on a few years ago i did not i thought about how to leave i thought about that i wasn't worthy like why would people not like me all of the things that go through our heads as human beings and then like the other day I decided because I sang my whole life and I would have all this anxiety about getting up and like what people would think of me if I put my real self out there and sing. And I just decided, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to post me singing. And I did. And I'm happy I did it. And if somebody thinks it's stupid, fine. I don't care. But that's something that God thankfully has given to me is my ability to sing and my ability to talk to people and my ability to laugh and my ability to care and all of the things that I'm so lucky to have, my family and my friends and just 
I'm lucky to just be here. And so I'm going to close today and just tell you that if you're listening to this, you are needed, you are important, and you need to keep going. Because two and a half years ago, I didn't want to, and I did. I kept going. So I want to thank you for listening to every episode I've done. If you've listened to all like 54, thank you, thank you. And keep listening. I have so many amazing guests coming on. Unfortunately, the guest I had coming out to on today got really sick and could not come on. So that's why you had to put up with my story and my ugly crying for the 40 minutes, 40 plus minutes. But in closing, thank you, thank you. And be happy by making other people happy. My daddy used to always say that. And I try to live my life doing that now. And don't get me wrong. I'm no saint. I do lots of bad things still. I still have bad thoughts in my head. I'm a human being, but I'm going to try every freaking day of my life to be happy by making other people happy. And just so you know, if you listen to this and you send me your messages, I, I love them. I'm so grateful to you all and just keep going. everybody. Have you heard of Instacart? If you have not heard of Instacart, I don't know where you have been living because it saved my life. I don't have to go to the grocery store. I can get my stuff delivered to my house. And if you go to judgingmegan.com forward slash Instacart, you will get $35 off of your first order if you've never ordered before. So I would say get on there right now and skip your trip to the grocery store. mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.